Sanders. And I'm Derek Henner. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Yes. And haven't we had a week? It has certainly been a week. We've been all across the country uh, doing the Leadership Pipeline or the Building Leaders National Tour. I think we've had a car crash. Um, I've hurt my back. I'm did, feeling like an old man. I just got stuck in a car park. Derek <laughs> just got stuck in a car park. Anyway, we have had a great time equipping leaders to develop their church for the mission. And it's uh, it's it's been a great week. It is. It is. Now, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you've pressed play on episode 25, the US Church Report Card. So, look, the Australian Church uh, often looks to the US Church for uh, for what's next, what's happening, for the latest trends. Uh, they are our big R&D department. You know, they try things that we would never try, and some of them come off, and sometimes they get adopted over here. Uh, today, we have a special guest uh, to get us a handle on, it gives a handle on the North American Church. He's actually not American. Not He's Canadian. All. He's Canadian. Hey! What's and that? What's that a boot? And I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't talk like that. <laughs> I've been trying to learn how to speak Australian, but apparently I sound like a Kiwi. So, well, can you can you just give <laughs> us a little bit to start? Where? What is the church that uh, that uh, you went to on the Central Coast? On the Central Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you just say that for us in the way in which you? Attempted? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter Bible Church. Hunter. <laughs> Hunter Bible Church. Yeah, I, Scott. Oh, it's yeah. uncanny. It's just, uncanny. Say, just say HBC. That, that's HBC. how I say it too. HBC. So. HBC. HBC. Now, it is great to have Daniel in from uh, Lifeway Leadership in North America. Now, you're the Director of Church Multiplication. Uh, you run the newchurches.com uh, website, which is a great resource uh, for mm-hmm. church planners, uh, not only across North America, but also across the world. Uh, and you also work with uh, Lifeway Leadership to develop leaders across the country. Uh, now, we are so excited to have you uh, here today on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, welcome to the show. So, uh, Dave, you, you not only work for Lifeway, though, you, uh, you're in a local church mm-hmm. in Nashville, you're invested there, you and your wife, Christina, and your kids are there. Uh, so, And as we've heard you again and again say this week, you need to demonstrate the things you do during the week. You love the local church. Yeah, I you do. want to see it grow, um, and you run the New Churches podcast, and you're mm-hmm. on Five LQ as well. Often, the sense that Australians have of American churches is they're massive. Every single one of them is massive. It's just to start, it gives a picture. Is that the case? What should we expect when we kind of look at the the church in the US? Sierra? Yeah. So, so I mean, a few years back when we released this. You know, the big question people ask are how many churches get started and how many get closed. And then the next question is how many people are in the churches. And when you look at that, I mean, to be honest, you know, we're going to, I'll give you a number, but it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, as much as we can track the number of churches that open, as much as denominations give us those numbers, it's really hard to track the number that close because there's not like a I close my church.com mm. website where people, I mean, no one wants to report that. <laughs> so as, as a result, uh, a few years back, we discovered that about 4,000 churches got started and 3,700 got closed. So that means there's a, year, net, a net year. loss of about 300 churches. Uh, a net gain. Net gain of 300 churches every year. 
uh, for that year, that year, right? So even if we look at when the last time we did that was, which was I think close to 10 years ago at this point, it was still around 4,300. Uh, back then it was rounded down and this time it was rounded. No, that, that, that time it was rounded up and this time it was rounded down. So it does seem to be progressing better. But still, what is that really going to tell you about the North American church? So when you look at the average size of churches in the U.S., I don't have the specific number. I'll give you a specific number for a church plants. But for that, I mean, it's it's not really above 100. Mm. And what was fascinating as we were going around the country and sharing that with Aussies here, I, I, you're right. I mean, everyone thought it was, it was like, what are you talking about? Average size of church in the U.S. is like 500, mm. isn't it? Now, now. An, an average of 300 new churches, you know, in terms of net gain mm-hmm. each year. But like Australia, America's growing. You know, we just clicked over 25 million last night. Uh, America's growing as well. Is ha, How's the church doing? Are they keeping up with population growth? Are they are they reaching, you know, new people groups that are coming to America all the time? Are they reaching, you know, the, the great sort of the great Americans that have been there for, you know, generations. Mm-hmm. So when you look at uh, some research, not that Lifeware Research did, that some other organizations did, they, de- they, they definitely discovered some trends where it wasn't necessarily that all churches were growing, but it was certain types of churches that were growing. Mm. And those that were more conservative, more, uh, you know, set on their beliefs, more orthodox on their beliefs, rather than ones that said, oh, you know, we don't really have a statement of faith everyone just come and, you know, not to say necessarily anything about the seeker movement because the seeker movement's been incredible. I mean, we've learned so much from that, but it tends to be the churches that are doing more faithful biblical teaching that individuals are flocking toward. So when you look at even, you know, the the average size of churches, you know, you have that that average American style, which obviously includes rural churches and, you know, you know, they call them county seat churches, like first Baptist types of churches and in in small cities, large cities. I mean, you have all the, you know, a big range mm. that you're going to be bringing that number to. But if you look at uh, the number, the average size of, of, of a church since 2007, so an average size of a church plant uh, in the first few years of existence since 2007, it goes kind of from 51 in the first year to 74 in the second year, 95 in the third year, and 124 in the fourth year. So when you look at the size of church plants, it definitely, and the growth, even the fact that 4,000 new churches started, you can tell how important church planning is, not only to uh, to to reach the to reach Americans, to reach North Americans, but also to see the lost come to know Christ as well. Mm. Now, just to give uh, context for the Australian report, the, the Australian growth was uh, 38 in the first year and then 71 by the fourth year. Okay, so yeah. there's a significant difference, and, and I think that trended along, you know, along the same lines as uh, as Canada as well. Yeah. So there's yeah. a significant difference in sort of post-Christian uh, Canada and post-Christian Australia. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is America is 10 times the population as well. So you do have that to to take into account. The other thing, though, is when you look deeper into the report, where were most of the churches planted? It was Texas. It was California. It was Florida. And, you know, when you think of Texas specifically, you think Bible Belt. You think, you know, throw a rock, you're going to get a church that's... Mm. You know, as long as you're doing something right, you'll have a 5,000-person church. And, you know, that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of megachurches in Texas, which means there's a lot of resources and there's a lot of support. And there are also a lot of people who don't know Christ there. So, but 
obviously there's just a lot more people. Now I want to give Daniel a bit of a breather there for a moment and take a weekly look into one of our favorite segments, the One Thing Toolbox. I've got three resources. Uh, they're going to help, uh, I guess, help us dig deeper into the US Church report card. Well, the first one is the actual report card itself. Uh, I find it incredibly helpful to look at different contexts. You always learn something about your own context when you look at another context. Uh, the second thing is uh, the newchurches.com website. Uh, there's a, a great number of podcasts, resources. You can even hear from our own Derek Hanna. Uh, he's blogged a number of times for the newchurches.com uh, website as well. Now, the third resource is a book. Uh, it would be remiss of me not to recommend you to uh, Daniel Lim's book, No Silver Bullets. Uh, I, th- I think both Derek and I found it particularly helpful. There's some helpful tools in there that help you assess how you're actually going with your uh, discipleship as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I say, so getting back to Dan, just pulling back on board, one of the things that um, uh, was interesting about the Australian Report Card is to see for plants uh, the number of uh, people who are unchurched moving yeah. into the church rather than just grabbing people from other churches, which you know sometimes church plants are accused of quite rightly. In terms of evangelistic effectiveness uh, and reaching the people who weren't in church previously, how are the plants, how's the these this planting movement in the US going? So there are a couple things here. If you look at, let's say we talked about, you know, average church attendance year over year. If we take that, you know, same number, same group of, of churches, year number one, about eleven people on average committed their lives to Christ. Year two was 14, year three was 18, year four tapered a little bit back to 17. So you take a look at that just for example, and you're like, hey, uh, even when you look at church planting and, and the myth or, or the, I guess, the, 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 the hesitation that established churches tend to have toward church plants being like, you're just stealing my sheep away, mm. you actually see a greater level of effect, uh, evangelistic effectiveness, effectiveness there. The other thing that was fascinating about the research was just the number of unchurched and de-churched mm. that were actually attracted to church plants. Mm. Now, I don't necessarily have that number for established churches because we didn't survey them. But when you look at the majority, uh, you know, when you look at church plants and you look at just how many had majority unchurched and majority church, and you look at what caused them to have that, that's what was really fascinating. So in Australia, it's about, uh, church plants are about five times more effective than the established church. So there's a, there's a, significant, uh, a significant change. Now, the report was really helpful in talking about uh, support processes for church planters. If you were speaking to an Australian church planter, what would your advice be in terms of uh, getting access to, uh, to knowledge, resources, support, uh, how you know? What would your advice be? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I'm a big advocate for different types of church planting. A lot of times, we put a lot of emphasis around raising funds, launching large, and r- research shows that the larger your launch team is, the you know a few years later, the larger your average mm-hmm. worship attendance is going to be. And honestly, if you launch with over a hundred people or hundred fifty people, you're launching having broken a lot of barriers that are really hard to get over. Mm. So on the one hand, if you can find the finances, if you can get the support, you could get trained. I mean, one of the questions was, uh, as a planter, do you feel adequately provided for? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're making as much as 
uh, you know, an established church pastor there because your spouse might have a really good job, right? I know a church planner in New York, right? New York, one of the most expensive places in the States where rent is like $5,000 a month, US. Mm-hmm. And he's he was only getting paid a few, you know, what, $30,000, $40,000 from the church. Yep. And you're like, how is that working? Well, his wife works at Google. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he felt adequately provided for and he wanted that money to go to others. So that, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for other types of church planting. So if you're able to plant bivocationally, if you have the funds and the means to be able to do so, or even if you want to, you know, move toward that, that is a great way to do it. Now, having said that, a lot of people who say, I want to plant bivocationally, they say, well, it's because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just take church people, Mm. right? I just want to plant from the harvest for the harvest. And that is great, but when you look at the average size of a church that is led by a bivocational planter, it's like significantly mm-hmm. smaller mm-hmm. year over year than one who is being funded. Now, having said that, there's a lot more that we can tease in, mm. but uh, I'm sure we don't really have the time to, 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 dig in, to dig into that. Oh, look, I just want to ask one more question because one of the challenges we've got – sorry, we've we've got about two minutes, but I just want to – one of the challenges we've got is the pipeline of planters coming through. We need to raise up more in Australia. We need to work at it. Are you finding similar challenge in the U.S.? You're right. You're right. I mean, those who are talented, those who are trained, those who have lots of experience are going to get snatched up. They're going to get funding. They're going to be celebrated. But what about the guy who's like – two years away from having what it takes to plant a church, mm. but no one's investing into mm. them because they just, and, and they are not even sure of their call. What about that? And that's why what we've been doing this time around in building a leadership pipeline is so key because imagine what it would look like if every church in Australia saw it, there, saw it as part of their pipeline to raise up church planters, mm. not just among their staff, but hey, there's this business guy who is incredibly evangelistic, loves the Lord. What if we trained him? What if we even put him through MTS, a version of MTS where he could still be working full time and, you know, he could be getting his theological education and then you sent him out. Imagine how, and I think those are, that's the kind of thing that we need to think about in order to reach the lost. Amen. Now that brings us to the end of the show. So Daniel, what's the one thing Australians should be taking away uh, from the US church planning report card? The thing that astounded me the most was how important it was to plant a church with a vision to multiply in your first five years. Like, I know it sounds like, oh, but in my first five years, I want to get to self-sufficiency, financial self-sufficiency. In my first five years, I want to reach a loss. In my first five years, I want to get a building. In my first five, you know, and there are a lot of those things. But when we looked at the research and looked at the plants that were planted, and what we actually did was, hey, here are churches that actually multiplied in their first five years. Mm. What were their characteristics? They actually reached the law, reached greater numbers of the lost. Their worship attendance was higher. Their financial self-sufficiency, they actually achieved it faster than others. Now, having said that, is that a silver bullet to say, you know, plant another church in five years and you're going to get all these things? No. But what it shows is if you want to plant another church in your first five years, there's a certain way of thinking, of planning, of preparing, of casting vision that will actually propel a greater amount of health in all other aspects of the church. Well, I think that was the longest one thing that we've had on the one thing, <laughs> but that's all right. If you've heard some things that have really got you thinking and maybe you've got even more questions too, well, the best place to ask that question is uh, on the Geneva Facebook page. Start up a conversation, include me, Scott Sanders, or Derek Hanna as well, and we will see if we can't find the one thing you need to know on that ministry topic. All righty. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing coming up in our 
next episode, we are going back to America, second helping. That's right. We're going to have Todd Atkins on the show from the 5LQ podcast to help us sort out succession planning. Till then, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Anna. Chat soon.